0: The smell hit Jolly Gill as soon as she walked into the kitchen. I'm like one of those super smellers. The trash was full and ripe. The cat litter was rank. The sink full of dirty dishes.
1: I woke up and started seeing all these things, and I'm like, what? This is disgusting.
0: Cleaning this mess up was her husband's responsibility. In their marriage, Jolly was the one who did almost all the housework. She just asked her husband to do three things. Load and unload the dishwasher, take out the trash, and scoop out the cat litter. That morning, none of it was done. Jolly and her husband both worked from home, so she decided to wait until lunchtime to bring it up with him.
1: I'm very patient with all of that stuff. I understand things get in the way. But there will be days and days and days that
0: these things aren't done to completion or not touched at all. As they're standing in the living room, she tells her husband, this isn't superficial. Like, it really, really bothers me. It's hard for me to do what I need to do if you're not doing what you need to
1: do. And it's also hard to do all that without resentment or a
0: negative feeling. She tries to explain to him, I want our home to be a place where I feel comfortable and at peace. I can't do that if the first thing I smell in the morning is cat pee.
1: You know, he minimized it as it's not that often, it's not so bad,
0: or I did this a couple days ago. And then he says something that really sends Jolly over the edge. He says, actually, I clean more than you.
1: That was, like, the moment I snapped. I'm like, I. what do you mean that you actually clean more than me when I'm here having to think for you? Like, I have to tell you to do your responsibilities. If not, they don't get done, or they're ignored completely.
0: That's when Jolly decides to do something out of character, something that would totally shift the balance of power in their home. I'm Marie Mechreis, and you're listening to This is Uncomfortable. Today on the show, we get into one of my favorite topics the division of household labor. By now, it is a well documented fact that in heterosexual marriages, women, on average, do more unpaid labor than men. I'm talking about housework, childcare, errands, cooking, also just the emotional and mental load of managing a household. And many women are often doing all of this on top of their actual paid job in effect, taking on a second shift at home. Now, we don't typically think of a home as a workplace, but it can feel like that if you're the person who takes on the larger share of it. And when negotiations between you and your partner keep breaking down, when you feel overworked and resentful, it can seem like the best option left is to go on strike. And that is our show today, a story of a woman who reached her absolute limit and decided to walk off the job in a very public way. Jelly grew up in Boston. Her mom was a teacher, her dad a mechanic, and the two of them had a very strict division of labor. Coming from a Latino background with
1: basically like a freaking patriarchy. Like, the, the man in the family is the king. And it's not that the queen is on the same level. Every woman in, in their lives serves them. Their mother, mm. their wife, and their daughters. Literally. I've never seen him, like, hold a broom. He never
0: washed us. He never changed uh, a diaper. Her dad wasn't around a lot. He was having affairs, and he dealt with addiction. But when he was home, the whole family was on high alert. Everything had to be perfect. The house was clean. The food was made hot and ready. The family would be at the table waiting for him. And if anything didn't meet his standards, they'd hear about it. There was a time that he came
1: home out of nowhere and he said he was hungry. You're my wife. You should have food ready all the time, every evening. And my mom heated up him up some like old spaghetti from yesterday. And, and he threw the plate and left.
0: And we didn't see him the whole weekend. The lesson Jolly learned from all of that was that if she was on her best behavior, accommodating, clean, obedient, then she'd finally earn her dad's love. One mistake or shortcut, and he'd leave. This carried over in other ways, like she became fixated on getting validation from men. As far as back as I can remember, um, even in first grade, I remember
1: just having such a big crush on a boy and mm-hmm. literally idealizing at such a young age that what if one day he's my husband, that mm. that's my other half.
0: I was never complete, even as a child. Her need for validation only intensified after her parents got divorced. Jelly and her mom moved to Florida, and she stopped seeing her dad as often. As she got older, she began to craft this master checklist in her mind.
1: Being married, having a house, like, I was so—
0: I just had this image in my mind of what, what I wanted. <laughs> By the time Jali was 20, she had a good job in an apartment of her own. So she got started on the rest of her checklist. Her mom taught her that in order to land a prince, a man who could provide for her, she'd have to be a particular kind of woman. Young and beautiful and well-kept and knows how to serve her man. She met the guy who had become her husband on a dating site.
1: He was so kind, he was such a
0: beautiful soul. He was raised Christian and he didn't cuss. She liked that he was outgoing, always the person in the room with the loudest laugh. The early days were fun. On Thursdays, they'd go to a Dungeons and Dragons style bar for trivia, and whether it was in the car or at home, they loved to break out in song. We would just sing songs together, a bunch
1: of like rock songs, and he's like, holy moly, this this girl is like my vibe. We would just like have like a lyric battle, like who knew the lyrics better, and it was always me, it was always me. <laughs> I haven't thought back
0: to all of this in so long, falling in love all over again. She remembers the moment she first fell in love with him. She was feeling really sick, and he rushed over in the middle of the night with some medicine. No one in my life has ever done that for me. Mm.
1: My mind was blown. I was like, this is the one. Literally,
0: in that moment, I was like, he's special. They'd spend most of their time at her place— but eventually, Jolly saw his apartment. I smelled something really weird as soon as I opened the door,
1: and I was like, I was like, oh, God, I just hope the bathroom just doesn't smell like this. And then I went to go pee, and then I see the, the poop floating in the toilet. And oh, no. And it was, no. like, one of those,
0: like, flaky poops. It was terrible. He promised her that never happens, that it was an accident. She took his word for it. A couple years into their relationship, they moved in together. And the pressure to get married set in. People started asking.
1: When is he going to propose? When is he going to put a ring on? Obviously, he doesn't love you that much if you're not already engaged or planning to get married. You're living together and you're still not married?
0: After hearing all of that from family, from friends, from co-workers, she started to put pressure on him, too. Part of her strategy for selling her boyfriend on the idea of marriage was showing just how fabulous of a wife she'd be and how much it would benefit him.
1: I would make him a beautiful meal. Like, I would clean up or do something extra-extra
0: or give him gifts and things like that. I'd be like, couldn't you picture me as your wife one day? Her parents' marriage, where her mom did all the housework, ended in a painful divorce. So you might think Jolly wouldn't want to replicate that same dynamic. But she saw it differently, as a chance to succeed where she thought her mom had failed. Then in March 2019, they were out to dinner for his birthday when he popped the question. And it was like, finally! They got married about a year after getting engaged. The ceremony was in a garden, and they wrote their own vows. Jolly was ecstatic.
1: All I would post for, like, the first year was pictures of my wedding and talk about my husband and, and about what becoming
0: a wife was and how happy I am. I was a wife, and that's it. Level complete. Her newlywed days went something like this. She'd get up, make coffee and breakfast for the both of them. And since it was the early days of COVID, they'd go to separate rooms of the house to work from home. They run a business together. Throughout the day, she'd check in on him. Do you need anything? Want me to refill your water bottle? I would be the one to prepare the lunch. No questions asked. And after they finished their work days, she'd make dinner.
1: I would first of all serve him in very large portions. That's that's
0: such a Latino thing to do is serve mm-hmm. your
1: serve your king like portions that don't even freaking make sense. It <laughs> literally a pile of food in front of him.
0: She'd walk towards him with the plate.
1: And I would always wait for his eye contact like Yes, this is amazing. This is, I was just seeking for that validation. And I would always say like, aren't you happy you made me your wife? Like, look at what Mm -hmm. you get. Like, look at all I'm doing for you. And the wifely duties did not end there. Sweeping the floor, cleaning up after dinner and putting um, loads of laundry to wash.
0: Was he doing like
1: husband duties, quote unquote? No, it became a point that he would just, like, wake up, go to work, and come off, and then we would hang out, and that's it.
0: And, and why did serving your husband, the idea of that, seem so appealing, besides, you know, seeing it growing up?
1: <sighs> because in my mind, it wasn't like happy wife, happy life. It was like happy husband, happy life. If I did everything to my top ability, that he would love me more. And he would never leave. He would never abandon me. There would never be a woman that could offer
0: more than me. And, and were you actually scared of being abandoned? Yes. Abandonment issues galore. Within a year of getting married, though, it felt like everything was falling into place. They'd bought a beautiful new home with porcelain tiles and quartz countertops. And the house was just glowing. She could check that off her list. And by that point, they also had kids. So about a year into their marriage, she basically satisfied her plan. She got a husband, a beautiful home, kids, a thriving career. And yet, she didn't feel complete. I was like, there's no way that this is sustainable. I'm exhausted. I'm
1: tired. I was feeling like, why don't I have this sense of fulfillment? Because I'm doing above and beyond um, to satisfy my husband. And why do I still feel this feeling of, like, it's not enough. And what were you craving? I was craving, God, it's so unrealistic, but I was, I I wanted him to basically, like, worship me and tell me that I was the best wife in the world, and Mm -hmm. I wanted him to be very affectionate with me and, and tell me thank you and that he
0: loves me. She started to let little things drop off like she wasn't making lunch every day. And when she walked into the kitchen, she'd find sandwich supplies strewn around the counters. Left to fend for himself, her husband would leave a mess. Jolly could no longer do it all. So she tried to strike a deal with her husband, tried to negotiate better working conditions for herself. She told him, if you do these three things around the house, I'll do everything else. One, loading and unloading the dishwasher. Two, taking out the trash. And three, scooping the cat litter. Her husband accepted her terms. And for a while, he cleaned around the house. But as the days passed, things stopped getting done. And then one morning, Jolly woke, feeling exhausted, to find the kitchen in complete disarray. Not only were the
1: ingredients scattered everywhere, mess on the countertop that I would never leave, I realized that not only did he make himself coffee and a sandwich— But that he didn't make it for me. Mm. He didn't prepare me coffee, even though I like coffee. And it's
0: pretty simple. She brought it up to him, asked why he hadn't thought to do this small thing for her. And he was defensive and said, well, I don't know how you like it.
1: I'm like, but you don't know your wife. I know you so well down to, like, when the last time you freaking clipped your toenails were. And you can't, you don't know
0: how I like my coffee. For the record, she likes it with some French vanilla creamer, maybe with a little whipped cream. For weeks, this one moment stuck with her. Like, she'd start to do his laundry and think, wait, really? He couldn't have just made me a cup of coffee? Meanwhile, he wasn't holding up his end of the household responsibilities. Plus, remember that time she found poop left in the toilet at his apartment, and he said, this never happens. Yeah, it happened all the time.
1: Basically, he would be like, oh, it's not that bad. I don't forget that often.
0: Well, yeah, maybe it didn't seem that bad to him because Jolly was the one cleaning it up before he even noticed.
1: He doesn't think it exists. I am just like a, I'm like a silent freaking maid ghost.
0: So she started documenting it. Like, every time she found poop in the toilet, she'd take a picture. She had a whole photo album of poop-filled toilets, just for proof to herself that it was indeed that bad. I was
1: just miserable. I was actually clinically depressed. I would wake up every day and say, this is my life. Is this my life? Is this really it?
0: This is it? This is going to be my life for 80 years to come. And when she reached out to friends and family for support, they all basically said the same thing. At least you're married and you have a house. Like, what is, what is there to complain about? It might seem like an extreme reaction, becoming so depressed over dirty dishes and unflushed toilets. But for Jolly, it was more than that. It was a realization that her whole checklist was wrong. It hurt that her husband didn't seem to care that having smelly cat litter and an overflowing trash impacted her mental health. And the thing is, he wanted those things done too. Jolly says he, in a lot of ways, has a higher standard for cleanliness. But he just doesn't like to clean. Which takes us back to that day at the beginning of the episode, when they were sitting in their living room, and Jolly's husband says to her,
1: Hey, I actually clean more than you. And that was, like, so atrocious.
0: And so Jolly tells her husband, you know what, I'm going to start recording this, but not just for myself this time. She was going to post it on the internet to prove to everyone that he didn't do a fraction of the housework that she did.
1: And he said, go right ahead. And, you know, jokingly thinking that I wouldn't do it. I was feeling challenged. I was feeling like, "Okay, you think I won't do it. I'm like, there's no way that I'm experiencing this alone. There's no way.
0: Jolly walks away from her husband and into their bedroom. She whips out her phone, opens TikTok, creates a new account, and names it Wife Strike. Lying there in their bed, her husband within earshot, she looks into her camera and starts recording a video.
1: I threatened my husband today with a week long strike on not cleaning any of his shit because he swears to God that he's the only one cleaning. We'll see.
0: Jelly says her husband was actually fine with the account. It's not like she had a huge following or anything. And to avoid any family seeing the videos, she blocked them preemptively. She also decided to not include his name or face in any of these videos, since he's generally a private person. I should say we also reached out to him for an interview, but he declined. When people consider going on strike in the workplace, a lot of times they're nervous because they don't want to cause any hostility. You know, no one wants the place they spend so much of their time to feel tense. But the thing is, that tension probably already exists. And once it's out in the open, it's easier to start solving the problem. At least that was Jolly's gamble. But at that point, neither of them really understood the power of a wife strike. That's after the break. In less than a year, Jolly had done a near 180. No longer did she want to be the wife who cooked and cleaned for her husband, who served his food on a platter and flushed his remains down the toilet, all in exchange for a kernel of appreciation. No, she was done. She denounced to the world via TikTok that she was on strike. Her demands? To put an end to the unfair labor practices, for her husband to start putting in a real effort around the house. With the strike in action, she cleaned up after herself and let the mess he made build up. In the first day of the official strike, she makes a TikTok video that zooms in on the overflowing laundry basket. Nope, not cleaning. And then on the messy bathroom counter. Not that either. And then a disturbing zoom in on the toilet bowl with its streaks of poop.
1: Especially not this he left me this morning.
0: Throughout the week, she keeps documenting what happens when she doesn't clean up after her husband. Today is day three.
1: As you can see, laundry basket is still beside the bed. The shoe was picked up, but the sock is still on the floor. It is currently day four of wife strike. The sock is still on the floor. Sink is still unorganized. Okay, we're on day five of wife strike. The clean clothes by the bed have still not been put away. The strike continues.
0: To Jolly's surprise, practically overnight, her videos rack up thousands and thousands of views. They hit a nerve with other spouses, mostly women, who've also felt more like parents than partners. And they leave the most validating comments. Comments like, Go longer than a week, please. Uh, another
1: one. One week. Let's make it forever. Normalized husband cleaning up after themselves. You got this. It was so much support. It was just overwhelming support. There was no
0: negative comments at all. But I remember the first time I scrolled through the comments, and I thought, wow, this is kind of dark. The fact that so many people were relating to what Jolly was going through. One woman joked that she's so fed up with her husband that she's been on strike now for three years. Or at least I think it's a joke. I was curious, and I looked up research on the impact of unequal household labor, and it basically confirmed what Jolly and a lot of these women were feeling. The person who's overloaded by the housework does experience more depressive symptoms, and in some cases has worse cardiovascular health. By the way, I should note that the bulk of the research on this topic focuses on straight couples. Despite the fact that women now represent nearly half of our workforce, the truth is that oftentimes the man gets home from work and rests— while the woman starts a second shift. All of this was dawning on Jolly, that she wasn't alone. And within this internet bubble, no one was telling her she was lucky just to be married. Instead, they were on the picket line with her, telling her she deserved better. She found herself in two conflicting worlds. Online, thousands of disgruntled wives were cheering her on. It made her feel important, like she could make a difference. But then the second she closed out of TikTok and walked into the living room— she'd be faced with an upset husband. At that point, he was actually pretty pissed. Her husband was watching all the videos. She'd show them to him whenever she posted. Even though I understand what drove Jolly to this point, I also get why her husband would be so upset. Like, I imagine it's pretty embarrassing to have your wife, a person you in theory trust deeply, air your literal dirty laundry to hundreds of thousands of people.
1: I told him, I was like, hey, you can end this. Just, first of all, rescind your I do most of the cleaning and acknowledge my efforts that I put in and
0: acknowledge that you could be better and there's no excuse for this stuff. Her husband was not only unwilling to concede, he was retaliating. He started giving her the silent treatment. It was a complete downer that as soon as I was done with
1: the content, Mm -hmm. I would be faced with reality that I'm with him and he's upset, and he's not talking to me now, and all of those things, but I knew that I had to keep moving forward.
0: She started to feel a duty to her followers to deliver on the strike, to get what she wanted, despite how terribly things were going in her real life. Then six days into the strike, the comments on her videos started to take a turn. They felt a lot more cynical.
1: This is one of, probably one of the first
0: comments that mentioned
1: that there's no hope. It says, girl, he's not going to care. Had an ex who didn't pick up after himself. After we broke up and I moved out, he was living
0: in filth. Mm. Basically, there's no hope for men. This irked Jolly, because despite how frustrated she felt with her husband, she wanted to think he was capable of better.
1: I wanted my man to show up and prove all these people wrong that he's not going to change or or that this is just how men are. But he wasn't rising to the occasion. Literally things that would take 20 seconds or 10 seconds to pick up that were not done. Everybody's egging me on to go forward, so I am Mm. moving forward
0: and we're going to be extending the strike another week. You might be wondering why, if the strike was adding stress to the marriage, she decided to extend it, not end it. But at this point, her wife's strike started getting attention in mainstream outlets. She was featured in Newsweek and in British tabloids like The Sun and The Daily Mail. And once her videos left TikTok, Jolly couldn't keep her family and her in-laws from seeing the posts. His relatives felt like these videos were an attack on them.
1: So many comments were saying, like, he was raised that way or those type of men in
0: Latino families especially were raised and and that's it, so So it felt like you were also insulting them. Right. So Jolly was suddenly feeling even more pressure from her followers, from the media, and now her family. That's the
1: point that I felt that my marriage was very on ice. Not necessarily like he would leave, but that I would just lose his trust forever and our marriage would never be the same. So, yeah,
0: I was desperate for an end. <laughs> I was desperate for an end. But she keeps going. Watching her videos, you can hear her tone change. Like she begins focusing more on what he does well, even if it feels like a tiny win.
1: Day nine of wife strike. The sock was finally picked up. Our master bathroom counters are finally satisfactory. The soap.
0: And Lu- In the season finale, that's literally what she calls it, Jolly shows her followers a spotless laundry interview. room. I think my wife strike worked. This is the best I've seen this laundry room for
1: the past couple weeks.
0: She's finally getting what she wants, but she sounds sad, even defeated. I would be getting a lot of um, comments like this is not his cleaning style.
1: Like a lot of people <laughs> were very on, were very on to it. And they were right. So on the finale video, I I wiped down the laundry room and swept just so it could be done so I can end. The implication was that he did it? Yeah, the implication was that the, the work got done and I'm satisfied. If I was to do the finale and be like, well... Um, He didn't do everything to my satisfaction and, you know, but this is where we're ending off the strike. Mm -hmm. Um, That wouldn't have been as satisfying for the viewer Mm -hmm. or for me. Obviously, I want people to think my husband is competent and cares, but he just wasn't going to do it. You know, I thought that once the strike, once the strike was over, okay, we can get out of the public eye and, and go back to normal. And hopefully he
0: would help me more and listen to me more. But two weeks after the strike, his behavior hadn't changed. In fact, things were worse than they were before. She posted an update showing what things were like around the house. The bathroom was a hot mess with the toilet brush on the floor, toilet paper strewn everywhere. She ended the video by asking, should there be a wife strike season two? So some of the comments is,
1: Am I missing the joke? Why are you still putting up with this? Uh, Another one, divorce him. It gets worse as they age. And a lot of people just reflecting that they knew that this would happen and it happened to them too. And what's next is not season two. What's next should be a divorce.
0: As you're reading those comments, what are you thinking? I'm like, they might be right. Up until that point, she'd never seriously considered divorce. Jolly was back in that depressive state, still doing all the housework while working a full-time job. It'd been more than seven months since the strike, and she'd lost all hope in him changing or even acknowledging her feelings. They were barely even talking. Then one night, it all came to a head. They were sitting on their couch, he's scrolling on his phone, when she turns to him and gets straight to the point. So I, I tell him, I say,
1: I want a separation. Like we've already been emotionally, physically separated. We've just been playing along like we've been playing house for who knows how long. And I'm tired of it. And you can move into your office. You could fit a bed in there if you want. Um, You know, my my room is my space and I'm seriously going to be looking into getting
0: a divorce. Her husband doesn't really react. He just says, no, I'm not sleeping in my office. The whole exchange, if you could even call it that, lasts just a few minutes. Jolly was still going to move forward with the separation. A few days later, she even announces it on TikTok. I was shocked, actually, at the response to that
1: one. That oh, one was people so... I was getting so much support. 101,000 oh. likes. And how many? 184
0: comments telling me, hell yes. You would be so much more free without a man child to take care of. Was my favorite comment. So huge outpour of support,
1: and it ge- gave me even more steam to my boat. Like literally, it was, it was perfect timing, and my my mind was set on
0: separation. So she started making a new checklist. Saving money to get her own place, money for a divorce attorney, figuring out who gets what furniture. She even nailed down a specific timeline. She was in a much better place. She had a pep in her step, and her husband's silent treatment no longer bothered her. And she could tell that he was noticing and realizing that she's not bluffing. He even agreed to do marriage counseling. But by then, she was already looking into divorce attorneys. I started feeling
1: empowerment through him seeing me be be so decisive.
0: You know, it's like the roles had flipped. Everything was moving forward. Until one day, while scrolling through her phone, she sees something that makes her heart drop. This big creator on TikTok with 1.2 million followers had posted a video about Jolly. She was ridiculing her for, quote-unquote, publicly shaming her husband. This TikToker is a woman known for being a men's rights activist.
1: I keep trying to tell y'all that once you get in the habit of publicly humiliating your spouse online, you are putting your marriage
0: on hospice. Meet Jaylee, stay-at-home mom and now professional partner shamer. Not how you say her name. Also, she works full-time. This woman goes on to explain Jally's whole saga with her husband and how it is beautiful karma that she's now getting divorced.
1: Do yourself a favor and don't hold your breath waiting for her to take accountability for this. It's going to be a divorced mommy summer. Pop off, mama.
0: The creator even did some sleuthing and reached out to Jolly's husband on Facebook to see if he'd come on her platform and tell his side of the story. He ignored that message. The video also leads a lot of strangers to Jolly's TikTok. They leave comments mocking her. They blame her for the divorce. Some even start digging up details about her business and doxing her. And even though many of the criticisms were baseless, Jolly starts wondering if there's at least some truth to what they're saying. Like, maybe he wasn't all to blame. Were you feeling regret over doing the wife strike and being so public about it? Never. I've okay, never so felt wasn't regret. That. No,
1: I've yeah. never felt regret. It was more so, like, that it takes two to tango, basically. And that's not mm-hmm. absolving him, uh, everything that we put, went through. But I feel like there is another part of it. Like, I wasn't perfect. You know what I'm saying? I, I did all
0: that I could, but was it too much? She kept re-watching the video, re-reading all the negative comments. She was taking a lot of what this woman said to heart. And she started reflecting on how a lot of women in her family have gotten caught up in the same dynamic of serving their husbands and then resenting them for it. Jolly even starts a new series on her TikTok, laying out the ways she was responsible for enabling her husband's behavior.
1: I'm here to take accountability in hopes of helping another woman or marriage out there. In the beginning of our relationship. I was very much independent and very much expected him to take care of himself. And by the time I got married with him, it was mom mode activated because I was convinced that that was what I needed to do to be a good wife.
0: In one night, with all of this on her mind, she decides to approach her husband about it, who at this point is a bit more receptive to talking with a potential divorce looming. They're sitting in the living room, and Jolly pulls up the video from the big creator and shows it to him. And that's when he says something that she didn't expect, that he actually didn't agree with this woman's stance. And I was like, wait, so you actually see my side
1: of things? And he was like, yeah, no, that's, that's BS, and she's completely misconstruing your story, and no, you didn't do this, and no, this was right. And I'm like, wait, so he does understand
0: Jolly sat there in complete shock. I was even surprised to hear this. For the first time in a long time, it felt like they were weirdly on the same team. Instead of Jolly versus her husband, it was Jolly and her husband versus this woman on the internet. And that dynamic shift alone made it a lot easier for them to start talking more openly. I
1: told him that for some reason, that when he married me, I felt like I owed him something. And I had never told him that before. And all the things were clicking, like if it was like a puzzle piece,
0: like Mm. it was just clicking. And her husband, he's sitting there taking it all in. He's like, I never thought of it like that. And I
1: told him like, I just pictured myself being a picture-perfect wife and like not nagging you and, and doing all this for so long. And he's like, well, you know, I never asked you for those things and never expected that out of you. And I was like, holy crap. Like, it was just like a huge revelation. Like a huge, huge, huge revelation.
0: Strikes happen when both sides decide that they're not going to make any more concessions. And the negotiation stops until one side gives in. For Jolly, that meant acknowledging that she'd enabled him by trying to be the perfect, subservient wife. And after she conceded, it made it a lot easier for her husband to do the same and finally validate her experiences. And the fact that their home does fall apart when she doesn't pick up his slack. Jolly's clear vision of getting a divorce suddenly became blurry. Once I understood and saw that he
1: still like the person that I fell in love with, a great listener, and at the end of the day, no matter what, he still sees my side of things and is willing to look at the reality of the situation ever since that breakthrough happened in the most unconventional way. Um, Ever since that happened,
0: I've been seeing um, more of the good things of him. And look, that might not be the ending you were hoping for, Jolly getting a divorce and living in a home where the toilets are flushed 100% of the time feels like a tidy, happy ending. But real life is more complicated. And were you nervous that strangers on the internet would be disappointed when they found out that you did not, in fact, leave him? Um. Like, truthfully? It feels like damned if you do, damned if you don't. No matter what she decides, people are going to have opinions. And while she doesn't want to live for the validation of a man, she also doesn't want to live for validation from strangers on the internet. Besides, her husband has been better around the house. He doesn't wait for me to ask him to do the things. So he does all of the responsibilities now.
1: I mean, sometimes he, <laughs> re- he leaves the trash a little bit longer. yeah. And um, sometimes I have to remind him about the kitty litter, but uh, more times than not, he's doing the things on his own. And that effort, even if it's imperfect, means a lot to her. I'm optimistic about the future and, and hopeful for our marriage and no longer holding on to the weight of...
0: Uh, a lot of the cultural things that were uh, expected of me. And by freeing herself of those expectations, she feels like she's shifting the course of her family's future. I'm breaking the cycle, absolutely. For so long, Jolly had thought of herself first and foremost as a wife and mom. But now she looks in the mirror and she sees herself as someone who is able to stand up for herself and make others feel less alone. And even if Jolly and her husband do fight about household work again, which odds are they will, she's at least certain of a couple of things. One, that she'll act as his wife, not as his mom. And two, she will never again tolerate an unflushed toilet. All right, that is all for our show this week. And this is also the end of our season. We're going to take a few months to report out some new stories for y'all and we'll be back in your feeds in the spring. In the meantime, if you want to stay posted on the next season, you can sign up for our newsletter at marketplace.org slash comfort. And as always, if you want to share your own story, or if you just want to shoot us a note, you can email us at uncomfortable at marketplace.org. This episode was lead produced by Alice Wilder and hosted by Rima Kreis. They wrote the script together. The episode got additional support from producer Peter Balanon-Rosen. Zoe Saunders is our senior producer. Our editor is Laura Mayer. Marquet Green is our digital producer, with help from Tony Wagner. Our intern is Kunal Patel. Sound design and audio engineering by me, Drew Jostad. Donna Tam is the executive editor of Marketplace. Francesca Levy is the executive director of Digital, and our theme music is by Wonderly. This is Uncomfortable is supported in part by the Cy Sims Foundation, partnering with organizations and people working for a better and more just future since 1985. All right, again, that is all for Season 7, but we'll catch y'all in the spring for Season 8.